Podcast number 166 this week, um, kind of the week before Christmas. So I thought about having a just one of my one of my friends I've made here over the year. Kind of looking back on what we've done so far this year. Good friend of mine I've made over the year, and a fellow podcaster uh, Brent Carlson of the Dryland Farm Podcast on, and he's been on here a few times. He and I do uh, do occasionally do a show called the Wednesday Show. It's a very creative name, and uh, so I thought I'd get him on here. And just kind of talk about what we've seen so far this year and what things are shaping up for him. So, Brent, how you been, man? What's been going on? Oh, pretty good, man. We're just uh, taking it easy around here, getting ready for Christmas time. Just had my, we had our first uh, or first our only Christmas programs with the boys this morning at school. So, yeah. got through all that and the uh, cringeworthy songs and uh, recorders <laughs> and the what they call them boomsticks, right? Yeah, boomsticks. Are they, do they do those up there? Yeah, I know or what you're talking absolutely about. absolutely impossible for them. To, yeah, but yeah. it's absolutely impossible for the kids to be in sync whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So we did that, and then, uh, yeah, so uh, I took them out, or got them out at noon, and we went and ate lunch, and, and we've been chilling ever since. Yeah, no, I'm on that, I'm on that uh, Christmas coast myself, man. Here it is, the, uh, today's the, what, the 20th, so... My kids are out of school now, and we're kind of just on that on that glide. We're uh, headed back to Wichita here this uh, this weekend. Spend the week down there between Christmas and New Year's, and have that have that time with the family and all that stuff. But um, been been a lot of stuff going on this year. A lot of things have happened, I guess. And I guess so, uh, Brent. I guess let's talk about talk about the Dryland Farm podcast, what that is, and and what you guys are doing over there. Well, it's um, it's probably the best ag podcast out there. I mean, there's not really even a close second. I'd agree with that. Um, yeah. so. <laughs> oh, I've got a good buddy, Landon Nolan. He and I do a weekly podcast. It usually usually drops on Wednesdays if uh, we uh, unless we get lazy and uh, delay it a day or so. But um, we pretty much cover anything and everything, not necessarily agriculture. I don't know the last ag deal we did was or topic but it's been a while um although if you do count i guess this week we had on jerry donner he was a yeah. co-op manager out of uh, have you, i don't know if he's met he he mentioned that he's met you before but he's a the fertilizer co-op manager there in scottsdale nebraska now he uh he had a few choice words and i actually kind of edited it down to just the you know the kind of vanilla stuff but uh i guess y'all had gotten into it at some point in this past year and uh Anyway, he said he was willing to bury the hatchet. But anyway, he's a he's quite a character. We talked about this week. Oh, uh, we talked about his board of directors, and uh, then he went to the Nutcracker yeah. there in a local a local production of the Nutcracker, and it was quite entertaining on uh, what he uh, what he went through, what he did, what he did at intermission, and um, whether they, whether or not they he was asked to come back. So. Uh, uh, we had him on, and uh, we had a good little sponsor this week from the USDA. They were kind enough to lend their uh, public service announcement. We had them on, so yeah, we're uh, we're all over the map. We uh, talked about perineum sunning a couple weeks ago 
Uh, since this is the Moving Hour podcast, I won't get too graphic in it, but uh, needless to say, you don't need your underwear for that tanning bed. No, so, I, that was uh, one of my. To, that was one of the ones I listened to. I was like, wow. I didn't yeah. realize you could do it was, that. It was quite, yeah, well, you can. You just shouldn't. <laughs> That's true. So uh, some, some, what was it, metaphysical, metaphysical Megan, it was like a blog from this chick, and yeah. it just went viral. And I, I thought viral was a very appropriate term for, for that uh, article because chances are chicks got some viruses, but uh, it's, uh, yeah. And we accidentally actually got on some actual medical websites, and they're saying, Probably not a good idea to exposure, you know. We titled the podcast episode "Where the Sun Doesn't Shine," and yeah. um, now the sun even shines there. So you know, we thought we'd shed some light on the subject, <laughs> so, for lack of a better term. <laughs> no pun but, intended. Uh, so hey. that, no, well, that time it was. But uh, <laughs> we uh, that's just a that's just a taste. No pun intended of. Uh, our podcast and yep. uh, what we'd like to uh, talk about. So yeah, no, it's a great podcast. Anybody that's that hasn't listened to it yet, I would highly recommend the Dryland Farmer podcast. It's a, it is a, it's a, it's a light take on what we see happening in the world from a, from an agricultural perspective. Without not that they're in there talking about a bunch of stuff going on in the ag economy, but it's just a couple uh, guys. You know, Landon works to co-op and you sure farm, so it's. And kind of give you that perspective yeah. where you're coming from. I would say it's more from an immature perspective than anything. I would agree. I would agree with that. <laughs> okay, yeah, at least we're on the same page then. <laughs> right on. All right, man. So we had we got plenty of stuff going on this year. All kinds of crazy things happening. We've had you know trade stuff and everything else, and it kind of sounds like most of that stuff's being wrapped up. And <clears throat> yet the USMCA or the old NAFTA deal is 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 you know signed and and ready to go so now the united states canada and mexico are are one giant triad of greatness again i guess um <clears throat> making everything happen that way and then the china deal is uh we've got a deal but nobody wants to sign it so whatever um they keep pushing the date back of when they're going to sign this thing but i guess as you uh from a farmer's perspective as you take a look out there and you as a producer and you're kind of kicking the kicking rocks and see what happens every day and, and you're looking at, at the different things that are happening out there especially you being a trader you know you're at you're at trader brent on on uh twitter and that's because you you dabble in that market the commodity markets quite a bit i guess as you as you look at these trade deals and what's happening out there i guess how does that make you feel as you start looking at some of your your longs and your shorts and your spreads out there how do you feel uh how do you feel about this this these these trade agreements being agreed on finally you know, Casey, I, I'm, I think I've gotten, like a lot of other traders and farmers and everything, we've gotten kind of jaded about the whole thing because, you know, you know, the old cliche is they call it the futures for a reason. And, right. um, like, as far as corn and everything, you know, corn, corn, beans, and wheat, you know, they probably had the most solid rally out of trade news over the last two weeks um, more than they have over this whole episode, if you want to call it, you know. Corn for you know, Mark. Of course, delivery of next year of next these is um, is it is it back to four dollars? I think. Um, but you know, I've I haven't really taken a whole lot of. I mean, I've obviously paid attention to it and I've traded off the news. But as far as marketing my whole crop for next year, you know, um, we're as far as what we're going to grow. You know, we're probably going to grow the same stuff that we did last year. Um, we might 
possibly trade some cotton acres out for soy, uh, sunflowers. And they've gotten we've gotten some better quotes this year. Um, you know, so that you know, it's more of a, what I'm getting at is, is you know, it's more of a local and micro management deal as far as a you know versus trying to guess off of what the global deal is going to do. So, right. um, you know, um, long story short. It hasn't really, especially this USMCA deal. I don't, I don't. It hadn't really done anything. I mean, if it, if it would have done something, the futures would have told you, you know, in my opinion. So um, that's kind of a non-story, really. To be honest with you, I don't know. I don't really even know the particulars on it, but um, I know it hadn't affected much of the futures. Maybe, maybe there's some into it, but I'm betting this kind of last rally over the last couple of weeks are probably more due to the you know, to the uh, China deal than anything. So, um, yeah, as far as, you know, as far as what we're going to do next year, it's pretty much kind of the same story, you know. Cotton is, you know, cotton's made a good rally. You know, uh, March is, you know, back up there making new highs, and it's in a, in a higher trend. And all the uh, all the grains, and not necessarily, I don't think the livestock, but almost every single grain, corn, bean, and wheat, they're all in a bear, they're all in a bull flag. And, um, you know, if you look over here at March, you know, they're in that 387, that 390 is the top of that, that pennant there. And, you know, then the next stop would be at the $4 and then the high back in September at, uh, what is that, 4, 412 or something. So, you know, technically all looks good. It's just, um, are they going to blow us out of the water with another? Well, we're not going to do it. They said they're going to actually sign it next month. And they, how many times have they said they're going to sign it? I don't know. I've lost count. But, yeah. The market technically looks good, you know, from a chart standpoint, but um, it hasn't really mattered when uh, a tweet can blow all that to, you know, blow it all to hell yeah. in one in one tweet. So, um, you know, I'm pretty optimistic for next year because, I mean, for one thing, what else can you do? I mean, what else can you be? Right. You know, so um, we're looking at the positive side, side of things. You know, we had a profitable year. I mean, we didn't set any records, but, you know, we um, – we had decent yields, and we obviously could have been better, and we had to water all summer, and it was hot and dry, but anymore, it seems like it's the norm. So um, we've just learned to adapt, and our corn acreage, you know, it's certainly not going to grow anymore because, unless we gather more land up because our water is just, you know, aquifers dropping so so dramatically, and our yields of our wells are, you know, getting less and less every year. So um, there's more limiting factors than just the, just the market price for us. Yeah. Yeah, I made a comment today on one of the podcasts I did with, uh, I think it might have been yesterday with Sean Hackett, that this 18-month or two-year uh, trade war we've had has been the longest two weeks that I've ever been a part of in my life. It seemed like every time I turned around, we're two weeks away from a deal. So we finally got the, yeah. the two weeks yeah. finally happened, I guess. So it's a, it's a right. crazy, crazy amount of stuff. So as you uh, – yeah, Go ahead. It's, I was just going to say, you know, it's frustrating as a trader. You know, you have a, you're following all your technical rules and everything. And I mean, for no reason, a tweet comes out and it just blows you up. And, you know, of course, I mean, that's always the risk you have in trading. Is mm-hmm. You've got to have protection on either side. But, and, you know, getting stopped out and then the market going right back <clears> up is the oldest time itself. But, uh, it's, as far as, you know, speculating, it's really hard. Um, but if you've just been along the stock market all year, you're a, you're a millionaire. So, right. yeah. Yep. Yep. As you uh, kind of look across this whole past year and and what you see happen, what 
I mean, obviously we've had some pretty crazy things happen here in the last this last week with you know the USMCA thing and the China deal, Phase One thing getting happening, and then you know we got Trump got impeached and all these different things happen. I guess um, it kind of feels like to me that there's a there's a there's a lot of op- about every economist that I read talks about how 2020 is going to be worse than 2021 or than 2019 was, and yeah, I I don't seem to feel that. I guess May, I don't know. Maybe it's just where I'm at or, or what I see happen. I'm not saying it's going to be gumdrops or candy canes by any means, but I don't really see that. You're talking political wise. No, I'm talking. Well, I'm talking economically, like from the rural America wise. Economic you know? wise. Yeah, I don't. I mean, I guess when you look out there in, in your neck of the woods, do you feel like it's going to be that much more dismal than it was in, in 2019? Well, you know, it's like anything else. You know, it's all about what your local economy is affected by. And, of course, Hereford, Texas, it's all about the cattle and the beef, you know. So, um, you know, I think cattle guys, you know, I think they're making a little money in the feed yard this, you know, right now. I don't, I'm not sure what they're uh, – I guess I can look at it real quick. Um, you know, of course, obviously the packer margins have just been record setting upon record setting. Right. Um, but uh, let's see here. I can uh, I can pull it up real quick. If it's got, I know they I know they traded a dollar twenty today on cattle. Um, but you know, as far as Hereford, you know, it's the cattle and you know corn. You know, it's I mean, it's commodity prices affect us big time. You know, of course, the dairies are. You know, they come in here, and you know, obviously the milk price. That, and I, from what I'm, well, from what I've heard and read, the dairies have done real well this year. So yeah, um, we have done quite well. You know, and then we have a we have a, a cow killing plant here at Hereford. Um, well, we don't. Um, there is one, and uh, they've expanded. And I mean, you know, they're at, You know, you have to actually reserve if you have a load of cows. You have to reserve a spot. You know, used to you just show up and and drop them off. But now, you know, they may be two weeks out on a load of cows before they oh, wow. get to you. So, yeah, um, yeah it's, and I mean, they're, you know, they're only one, I don't know how many other cow plants are in the whole country, but, um, you know, this one, I would, I mean, people come in from, you know, 100, 800 miles away to bring a load of cows and, uh, you know, to kill them here, process them. And mm-hmm. um, so, you know, I think, you know, I think as long as the cattle deal stays intact, Herp will be fine. You know, we'll, you know, you know, we've got corn, cotton, and um, you know, wheat's really not. As far I tell you, one thing about the wheat and cattle is there's almost no wheat pasture between here and say, well, eat love it, but you know, that's about a that's a hundred mile distance. Right. And usually, you'll go up and down the highway from Herford to three down three eighty five. That's kind of the main artery down there, and I mean, you'll see cattle out on wheat pasture up and down the highway everywhere, and they're just not there. They're having to put them in feed yards just for the simple fact, you know. We got that rain right before the fall, and then it got really cool, and people that didn't get in their wheat a little earlier than normal, you know, have a minimal amount of grazing. So, um, you know, it's all, you know, for, you know, like Nebraska, I mean, any ag community, it's all weather and oh, yeah. market price. So, um, you know, as long as that weather somewhat, I mean, it just gives us a little breath of rain, when we need it, it's just, I mean, it changes everything. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I mean, you talk to one farmer, talk to the next, you'll probably get two opposite outlooks, yeah. you know. So I choose to see the glass is half full. So, yep. you know, it's, uh, 
I, I think we'll be in good shape. You know, the people that you know had felt you know did a decent job of marketing and didn't overload the inputs. So we've we've really worked hard to be efficient in that area. Yep. Yep. So as you take a look at 2020, you can't you can't escape this podcast without talking about equipment. If you take a look at your uh, your fleet you have now, how have you uh, how have you adjusted between uh, 2012 2013 and and your and your operation as far as buying and selling equipment goes? Um, how did you uh, how have you adjusted along the way for the for what you see in the market? We we slowed down buying new stuff mm-hmm. for sure. Um, you know we really were we'd really like to trade off our sprayer. Um, I know a guy. I know a guy. We've got a we've got a thirty three thirty case uh, self propelled. You know, it's got it's what a hundred foot boom. It's got the aim command, and I mean it's <clears> it's fine. You know, um, it could probably use a little wiring replacement because it's got all the aim command stuff on it. And you know, we it's really been pretty trouble free. We had not had anything major on it. We've replaced oh, maintaining replacing the little solenoids out on the nozzle bodies. You know, and that's a that's a three minute fix they just get you know wore out and we go in and replace them but um you know we usually trade a sprayer we like to ever six years you know and this thing is going you know we've had it seven but you know it's just i mean a new sprayer is just i mean unbelievable yeah you know like and we've got combine we've got an 8010 combine it's an 08 model and um then we've got an 8230 and uh you know we don't we don't really see any reason to replace them now i mean we've got 80 you know we've gone through them every year you know and it's cheaper just to put in you know 20 grand in the combine and run it for another you know however long so um we really we're at a standstill on buying any new equipment you know at least big ticket items you know we might yeah. of course we're notes so we don't require you know any tillage equipment but you know com- between combines and um you know cotton equipment and our sprayer, you know, our, we don't put any many hours on our tractors, so we really have we have a lot of tractor. And well, we've got you know, we've got a three fifteen. It's fairly you know pretty new, but you know, gosh, I don't even I didn't look the last time how many hours it's got on it. But all it does is plant, and um, that's about it. You know, all it does is plant. So um, you know, we're uh, on the equipment side. We're pretty uh, we're not looking to do many many changes. <clears throat> yeah, when you look at your sprayer. You know, if you were to kick that idea around a little bit, I mean, what's your what's your motivation by doing that? I mean, is it just the uh, the repair costs, or your you know fixing booms and those kind of things, or is it what, what's driving your to your idea of, of changing uh, that that sprayer out? Oh, you know, I mean, it was really more of a money standpoint as far as you know trying to get a good trade on it. Mm-hmm. That's really what it amounted to. You know, we've had. We've had a case, we've had, what, three, this is our third sprayer now since we got self-propelled. Um, they've all been cases. I mean, we, we, I can't remember any big repairs we've ever had on them, but that was just kind of, a, you know, we'd finance them, and, uh, you know, we kind of got to where we like, didn't, not making a payment after we paid this last yeah, one off. So makes it nice, right? That's real. I mean, really, Casey, that's what's driven us. Yeah. It's all the financial side of it, you know. Yeah. They last, you know, as long as you don't, drive them off in a hole, you know, um, they're pretty, you know, they're pretty bulletproof if you treat them right. Right. So, um, yep. If you, as long as you don't hit too many poles when you're making a turn at 12 miles an hour, you know, right. which I've done. <laughs> but, uh, right, yeah. <clears throat> but yeah. it's, uh, 
Yeah, that's that's really the whole thing is is that finance schedule and because I mean Casey, what's the new case sprayer three three seventy five two fifty? Yeah, for a year every bit of that. Yeah, yeah, every bit of that. You know, I mean ours is still worth quite a bit, but percentage wise, you know, it's you know what's a you sprayer worth now? You know, hundred or I don't know what it is. So well, that's the case. So you can take that in consideration too. <laughs> yeah, you get you get you get the same amount of sheets for twenty percent less the price. Is that that's what you're getting at versus the green one? I wouldn't think I would think you'd have a hard time making green paint out of gold. It's amazing though. It happens. It's 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 amazing it how it works. I mean, yeah. it's, it's like it's like why am I running out of magenta in the magenta ink cartridge when I only print in black and white? It's amazing, but it works. I don't, I, I don't know. I don't. I don't know. Maybe that's maybe you've been in Ukraine too long. I don't know. Some some of that Ukrainian vodka spilling over, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> well, the way you're talking on the exchange rate, you can buy a sprayer, a combine, and a truck for like fifty bucks. And a wife. So yeah, it's somebody's right. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) Oh gosh. Yeah. That's good. So so when you look at your uh, you're out there talking to guys and what's the is is there a lot of a lot of guys out there that are retiring in your area or are there's a lot of guys that aren't getting bank loans renewed those kind of things is that is that a I guess there's two different things but Mm -hmm. from a retirement perspective and. uh, Getting getting refinanced from your bank. I mean, are those are those some things you see happening out in your neck of the woods? You know, the the turnover land on land here is pretty is pretty minimal. Um, you know, there's farmers. You know, there's plenty of old farmers here, like anywhere else. Um, and you know, there's fewer fewer uh, sons or daughters, even you know, coming back to take over the farm, but. Um, you know, I'm trying to think just right off the top of my head. You know, like, for instance, our family, you know, me and my brothers have taken over, started leasing, you know, out of my dad, my dad the last three years now, you know. And, I mean, he's over 70, but, he, you know, he still got, he, he still kept, uh, you know, some of his own, you know, for himself, or plenty of it. But, um, you know, I there's probably few, very few instances of people not getting refinanced. Um I mean, you'll you know it through the grapevine pretty quick, right? You know, it's it's in the single digits. You know, in Hereford, I, I wouldn't, I don't, can't venture to say how many actual entities there are in her, you know, Dufferin County. But um, you know, with the whole dairy, you know, um, thing going on, you know, they really put pressure on the, on the um, land prices, being able to, right? You know, um, buy new land. They've uh, gotten really, really competitive, so it's made it harder, but um, that's, you know, that's a whole new uh, kind of wrench of the thing, which, I mean, they're free to do whatever, but um, you've got to, you've got to fight that, you know. I think the biggest, the biggest thing, if anything, is people renting land and the fear of losing it. That's the big thing. More more than, more than retirement, more than thanks by refinances is uh, losing your rented land. So uh, is that like that's why we just people we're coming in and up, up bidding that ground? Is that what's going on there, or is that just uh, yeah? Know. You know, it's exactly right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, gotcha. People are there's a little less loyalty than there used to be. You know, um, between landowners and, and renters. 
Yeah. Um, so, you know, that makes it tough. And I mean, you know, you can't blame the landowner for getting the massive amount of money for his land, you know. Absolutely. I mean, but, yeah. You know, you can't blame them for that. But as far as the, the farmers that don't own their own land, you know, it certainly makes it hard on them. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we don't have the crazy cash leases that y'all do up there, you know, the stories we've heard. So, you know, I think a lot of it's prop share down here. I could be wrong, but. Yeah. Um, there might, there's there's some cash leasing going on, but um, it's uh, I think a good part of it's crop share. So yeah, that's the yeah. biggest thing. Now those crazy cash leases are east of us and not west they, of us. They're east. Of, yeah, I guess they're yeah. more east of Nebraska. Yeah. You get over in that yeah. extreme eastern Nebraska, western Iowa. That's when you start seeing those. Oh yeah, sure. stupid numbers. Sure. Yeah. yeah. I was looking at a land prices in Iowa. They had just some. Had a value, you know, anywhere from seven thousand to fifteen thousand. You know, it's just, uh, I mean, unbelievable how that how people do it. I don't know who's paying those properties, but yeah, somebody is. It's hard to see how that pencils out, man, with those numbers that they're even at yeah, the bushels you know, they got. You know, yeah. I mean, once you have a drought, or I mean, that's that's best case scenario. You know, right? So, yep. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna sit here and pretend I know anything about Iowa agriculture, but I do know a little bit about, you know, profits and losses. So, um, if they make it work, that's great. Yeah, and I hope they do. Yeah, it's just it's just one of those things. Yeah, you know, that's crazy. Definitely crazy. No one to speak out of school. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So as you look back on uh, 2019, looking into 2020, what are uh, what are some of your big takeaways from 19, and then, and then I guess what's your outlook on 20? Well, you know, as far as us, don't plant more than you can water. Which uh, mm. we've, uh, even if you think, see, we had that wet spring, right? And um, a lot of people went ahead. They planted some little extra corn, and uh, you know, we did we did it in a couple places, and we shouldn't have. We probably should have just let it you know, let it go to cotton or, or just leave it fallow. Um, you know, here it's all weather. I mean, it's all weather. It always yeah. has been. It always will be. And, um, you know, you just got to, you know, as far as an irrigated guy, just don't plant more than you water. And you'll be, I think you'll be fine, you know, and buy that insurance. And, you know, there's a lot of people that you get on Twitter and they get all been out of shape on the, insurance and the subsidies on the insurance and I'm sure there's a I'm sure there's you know there's truth to a lot of it but um, you know markets you know sell a little bit even though if you think it's going to go higher you've got to lock some in we got lucky you know we locked quite a fair amount in you know back when it was um, you know made that rally but um, you know I think you use common sense and do a little here do a little there don't over, don't over, um, don't overdo your input. Go for that profit. Don't go for the yield. If the high yield just makes you a little bit of profit. You know, you can save some resources and make the same profit. You know, it kind of you got that law of diminishing returns. So uh, you know, we learn something new every year. And I yeah. think as far as us, you know, it's all about water. Right. So um, yeah, and uh, making good decisions there. So yeah. Yeah, <clears throat> very much the same. I would I would echo the, that stuff. I mean, same way here. I mean, we're in my immediate area. Sugar beets are a big part of our business, and 
Okay. We had such a such an early an early f- winter come in, and we're talking like hard freezes, not just like oh it's thirty two degrees, but like you know three degrees in the morning. And oh, and, uh, now is Holly sugar up there? What's that? Is Holly sugar up there, or are they around still? No, nah, it's Western sugar up here. Western sugar. Yeah. Have you, uh, have you heard of Holly Sugar? <clears throat> I have not. But I'm oh, okay. See, they used to be here. They had a big plant here in Hereford for I don't know twenty, thirty years from like the sixties, and they they closed in maybe the early nineties. See, we used to, they used to be big sugar beets here. Is that right? Back when we had a whole lot of winter. Yeah. Yeah. So that that's such a, a driving factor in our area, and and you know I don't know. <clears throat> Got a guy by the name of Sean Hackett on my on my podcast quite a bit, and and he he talks about these uh, these different uh, things having to do with sunspots and and how the the lack of sunspots, the sun oh, activity yeah. is driving the uh, driving the overall um, kind of climate. the climate, not not necessarily carbon uh, dioxide or uh, any of that stuff. You know, it's CO two, none of that. It's it's more you know. When the sun's hot and things are active, it heats up the the universe. And when it's not, it cools uh-huh. off the universe. And and you know, what's her name from uh, wherever she's from can can drive her pedal boat over here from Europe and have boats. Oh, and, Greta. Yeah, How Greta. How dare there you? you. <clears throat> How dare you? I should be in school. Yeah, damn right, you should be in school. So go back to school. Yeah. Damn right. Yeah. You think? You think if she was from Arkansas and said that, it had the same effect? No, it wouldn't. How dare you? How dare you? Nobody. Yeah. How dare you? And you got a banjo playing in the background. <clears throat> yeah. You think she got near as much near as much play? No, she wouldn't have. Probably not. No, probably not. But yeah. you know, you got all that stuff that happens there, and I just. I think that this uh, the weather patterns we see happen right now, and 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 the way things are rolling, I'm I'm not convinced that we're headed into some. Uh, you know, we got 12 years to live because between the 12 years to live and have you heard this thing about the 60 harvests is what we have left on Earth before we run out of. Uh-uh. Uh, yeah, that's you should check that one out. That's a that's a good one too. There's like a, 60 harvests. Yeah, so there's 60 harvests left, but if we keep our, our current farming practices in place, and that's a <clears throat> that's a that's a good one too. That's always one of those comical ones. But um, I don't know. I think there's a there's a lot of people out there right now, and I think 2020 is going to be that year that as as in as agricultural people go, <clears throat> as agricultural people go, rural America goes. That we are going to have to uh, absolutely change our game and, and how we stand up for ourselves and, and talk about what's going on because it's going to get harder and harder. Um, there's more and more people that are getting into political office that have little or no um, understanding of what it takes to grow a crop or what it means to feed someone. Everyone kind of has this vision of, well, if everybody just had a, had a, you know, a little 10 by 10 garden in their backyard, it'd be great. They could feed themselves. Well, if you had a 10 by 10 garden, you'd starve to death. You know, I mean, you you couldn't. Yeah. There's no way you could feed yourself off that. <clears throat> and this this idea of, well, let's all get together and have a have a farmers market, and we'll have a giant co-op, and I'll grow the carrots, you grow the the lettuce, and you grow the potatoes, and you you raise the cow, and you raise the hog, and everyone's happy. 
it doesn't work that way either. So there's a, I just think that there's 2020 is a year that we're going to have to figure out how we're going to tell our story and, and have it be a story that is going to be one that's not, you know, shadowed by all the other peripheral bullshit that goes along in, in, in agriculture now. It's, it needs to be some, some story that we're telling that, that makes sense, that, that someone in the center of New York City under gets, you know what I mean? And not, and not uh-huh. you know, I mean, it's, it's kind of one of those things, like when you talk to people of, of like interest, it's easy to tell that story because everybody kind of has a basic understanding of it. When you go to try to tell sure. somebody about something that they have zero idea of, but all they have is perceived notions of, it's a, it's a whole other battle to fight, and I think that's where we're at. Right. Can you imagine 11 million gardens in New York City? Oh, God. Central Park by I mean, itself that, couldn't. Really, I mean, that's the thing. If you took Central Park and made it one giant garden, and that was what everyone in New York was going to live off of, they'd starve to death. There'd be, there just wouldn't be enough food to go around. Oh, I think they'd live on it for a day. For, oh, for a day, yeah. But they would eventually yeah, end up. Like, a day. They'd eat each other by by the end of the week. So. Yeah. Oh yeah, it'd be I am legend all over the place. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Twenty eight yeah. days later. No, you know, and I mean. It's hard because, I mean, there's so much disagreement in between farmers, you know, on farming practices and everything. Um, you know, like no tillers versus conventional guys. And, yeah. you know, everybody's, I mean, we're still on a lot, you know, somewhat like mine, but there's damn sure plenty of disagreement between fellow farmers. So, yeah. you know, it's, uh, it's fine. I mean, everybody, you know, everybody should have their own opinion. But, um, you know, as far as the climate bills, I'm kind of wondering. Like uh, our our congressman, because we're having a our our congressman, he's retiring, and he's you know he's done a good enough job. Uh, but uh, we the guys that are running now, I think got this one guy, or there, we don't have this guy. There's this one guy, and he's out of Dallas. Mm-hmm. Like, and I had no idea that I don't know if they just changed the rule or what, but you don't have to live in your district to uh, run for it. <clears throat> and that kind of point, I don't know if that's. A, in, well, you would think so. Yeah. And this guy's from Dallas. Well, Dallas is freaking 450 miles away from here, 500, you know. And our district is from Amarillo all the way down to um, Wichita Falls and over to Vernon. That's, um, if nobody's from here, that's like if you go from Amarillo, you're going to go straight southeast towards Dallas in that direction. But you still don't get close to Dallas. Yeah. And um, this guy, he's I think he's a dang lawyer and you know, um, big time, big wig. And then now there's another guy that announced his candidacy and he was in like the White House under Trump or something. And he's in, he's not from here. And, um, you know, so they're already throwing. We've got one guy that's running. He actually is a, uh, I don't know if he's a public relations or a congressional liaison type guy. They actually show some Angus tabs. Um, he works for the Texas Cattle Feeders Association and, he he announced his candidacy, so I hope he uh, you know he lives in Amarillo and from here and everything. So you know I hope a, a type of guy like that gets uh, you know can get in there because it's I think somebody said this is the reddest district in the entire country, the 19th district of Texas. Yeah, um, which I I mean I knew it was really really red, but I figured there was somewhere in Oklahoma that was redder because 
I don't know if it was last year, last election or the one before, but every single county was red. Yeah. But, um, you know, so, you know, I, you know, that's, you know, you talk about Congress people that getting up there that know less and less about agriculture. That's, yeah, absolutely. You know, so, um, especially if you get some, you know, city guy that probably didn't know very much about it. So. Yeah. It's concerning, you know, and the the climate thing, you know, I don't know if people are getting maybe a little more jaded because it's just like the uh, crazy evangelical preacher that says he knows for sure this time this is going to be the end of the world. Right, yeah. No, and then they come back and when everybody is still here on the next Tuesday, he goes, oh, no, I figured it wrong. I figured it wrong. You know, well, that's what these climate nut jobs are doing. Right, you know they they keep uh, pulling the uh, you know moving the goalposts. Yeah. So uh, the the climate changes; it always has, it always will. You know, the uh, the the world's fourteen billion years old. We had an ice age, and then we, we got out of the ice age, and there weren't any three fifty Chevys back then. Right. So, you know. Yeah. Of course, they wouldn't have never started anyway. So you know, I guess it didn't really matter. <laughs> well, sounds like sounds <laughs> like, like to me. It's like a joke. Yeah. <laughs> sounds sounds like to me I need to have Carlson twenty twenty representing the nineteenth uh, right. district of uh of Texas there. All they would have to do is play the Carolina <clears throat> Farmer podcast and yeah. I would be blown the hell out of the water. <laughs> Those skeletons aren't even in a closet, Casey. No they're, they're out in my front yard. They're out there they're out We're there for the world the to see. Yeah. Out there for the yeah. world to see, that's for yeah. sure. That's for sure. <laughs> Let alone the Moving Hard podcast. Well, we're we're probably a little better podcast than the Thrilling Fire yeah, podcast, but what do you what do you do, right? What do you do? I know you, you go with what you're getting. That's right, exactly. All right, man. That's good stuff. Well, Brent, I think we've solved damn near every world problem that you could solve in a in about a thirty five minute podcast. So, if I uh, think so, what uh, what's the best place to find you out there at? Well, you can find me, as you said earlier, at Trader Brent. That's on Twitter. Um, of course, we're on the Global Ag Network alongside the Moving Iron Podcast. You can find us there. And then, of course, everywhere podcasts are at, iTunes, Google Play, all those good places, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and um, even Facebook, even though everybody hates Facebook. So yeah. you can find my good co-host, Landon, at No Twit Landon 44 He'll usually, he's good for a retweet of our podcast and um I don't know if what we're going to do next week. We may have a year. You know, I'm surprised they haven't. Uh, there hasn't been a uh, a flood of decade, best of the decade uh, thing. Oh, that's right. Yeah, we're at the end of a decade now. Aren't you know? we? Yeah. So I didn't I'm think about that. There hadn't been a lot. <clears throat> Jim Rohn was on today. He had his year review show, but I didn't get to listen to a lot of it. But um, so yeah, we might do. I don't know. We might put in a best of the decade, even though we've only been around for two years and change now. So yeah. But, um, yeah, that's where you can find us. Are you on the Instagram at all? You know, I still am not on the gram. I no, can't believe I'm on the account. Yeah. I, uh, I don't get it. I mean, isn't it just Twitter with pictures, even though Twitter has pictures? It's like Facebook with pictures. I mean, it's kind of like, oh, I guess that's well, the best way to put pictures. it. You know, because it's like, you know, you can write the, the, the four and a half page, uh, Kind of comment in there, oh, and just add a is picture it, to it. Is it more so. tolerable than Twitter? Oh, absolutely. For I mean, anything's more tolerable than oh, Twitter. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, 
playoffs here. In laws are more tolerable than Twitter I don't know, and Facebook. I mean, yeah, Facebook. <laughs> yeah, that's that's true. Yeah, I'll give you that one. So, <clears throat> right on. Well, yeah, you can find me on all the same places Brent just talked about the Double Ag Network and any place you can find a podcast. Seems like with this, uh, we even we even have a, a connection over in, in Britain someplace. What's that? Eat Farm Now or whatever it's called. Oh yeah, that's right. Uh huh. So we're we're They're, international uh, now. Yeah. Yeah, she's out. We're global. We're global, yeah. baby. We're global. Oh, that's that's crazy, man. So yep. all you blow, are they blokes in England or is that Australia? No, that's Australian. No, that's Australian. Chaps, all you chaps all over you in chaps. England. Yeah, yep. Yeah, all you chaps. What about Ukraine? What are they? I don't know. That's a good question. That's a great question that I don't know the answer I to. I have no Ukrainian slang at all. I'm sure. I'm sure I was called a lot of Ukrainian slang. I just couldn't understand what they were saying. So you need to take that thing Microsoft's been advertising that little uh, Star Trek uh, translator deal. Have you seen that? No, I have not. Yeah, they, on the commercials, they like these girls walk up to these Japanese gals and they talk into it and speak into it in English and it spits it out in Japanese and it's like it's like automatic, like instantly. Anyway, you need to take that with you next time. I'll have to find one of those, take it with me, because then all of a sudden I can just kind of like record what people are saying. It's like, you son of a bitch. Who do you think you yeah. are? You you think, know. I'm sure that translates into Ukrainian. Some I'm bitch. sure that does. Some bitch. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. check out. Our- I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> well, check me out on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Moving Iron LLC. Check out Moving Iron llc.com uh, website for all the things that you can imagine that you would love to know about the uh, Moving Iron podcast and everything Moving Iron related and um, you know check us out on all of our, our podcasting sites too as well so I guess until next time I am Casey Seymour with Brent Carlson let's go move some iron folks out Moving Iron in the 21st century Hard-working people working hard for you and me Moving higher time and time again Through the years you'll find us here Moving higher